everybody. It's me, Auntie, and I hope everybody's doing well. Well, we are now at the end of January, and we're going into Black History Month, which is which is my favorite time of year because that's when really all of the his, Black history is released. And I'm always learning something new. Um, a lot of people don't understand why we should have a Black History Month. And it's due to the fact that we as a Black community who went through slavery and stuff, partly we don't know our own history, family history, because our families were t- torn apart, names were changed during this, the slavery times. And so at that point, you know, it's great to know the history of Black people in general. You know, we've done so many amazing things. We've contributed so much within this world. Why not have a month where we could learn about what our, what our people are doing, right? But you know what? It should be an everyday thing that we learn about what our people are doing. Now, I'm just going to give you a little history about Black History Month. Um, it's from Canada.ca and it's under their Black History Month campaign. So it it's under a title called Recognizing Black History Month. The commemoration of Black History Month dates back in 1926 when Harvard-educated African-American historian Carter G. Woodson proposed setting aside a time devoted to honor the accomplishments of African-Americans to heighten awareness of Black history in the United States. This led to establish of Negro History Week in 1926. Celebration of Black history began in Canada also shortly thereafter. During the early 1970s, the week became known as Black History Week. It was expanded into Black History Month in 1976. In December 1995, the House of Commons officially recognized February as Black History Month in Canada following motion introduced by the first Black Canadian woman elected to Parliament, the Honorable Jean Augustine. The motion was carried unanimously by the House of Commons. In February 2008, Senator Donald Oliver, the first black man appointed to the Senate, introduced the motion to recognize contributions of black Canadians and February as Black History Month. It received unanimous approval and was adopted on March 4th, 2008. The adoption of this motion completed Canada's parliamentary position in Black History Month. So that's just a little history on how Black History Month occurred. Now, what I intend on doing for Black History Month is I'm going to find different things around the world because I have a lot of listeners around the world that would probably like to know a little bit of black history within their country too. So I'm going to find all sorts of black history moments 
wherever I can. And I'm going to post it on Instagram and Facebook. So take a look and enjoy it. And of course, I am going to do Melanin Monday. I'm not sure what book I'm reading yet to kick it off, but we will have something read and maybe a little poem here and there. Okay. So today's story, it comes from this book that has many stories, many African um, folk tales. And you know how Auntie loves her folk tales, right? So what this book is called Beat the Story Drum Pum Pum. And it's by Ashley Bryan. And it has about four stories within it. But I am only going to read one today. And we're going to read The Husband Who Counted the Spoonfuls. The Husband Who Counted the Spoonfuls. Once there was a man named Tagawai, as born in his way as stone, but gentle as a leaf. He was a good man and a good look and good looking too. He had no trouble getting a wife, but he did have trouble keeping one. Tagawai couldn't stay married because he always counted the spoonfuls. It wasn't only spoonfuls that Tagawagi counted. He counted everything he saw on his walks through the village. And as he worked in his fields, he counted huts, people, chickens, trees, and the rows he hoed in their, in his field, all with equal enthusiasm. He loved the rhythm of counting and the sound of numbers. Tuagi counted the pleasure and not out of envy or greed. The villagers admired Tagawai's skill with numbers. He was often called in by the village elders to help resolve difficult number matters. But to count the spoonfuls of food served was considered a disgrace by all. As bad as knocking the spoonful of food out of another's mouth. No wife would stay married to a husband with such a rude habit. Because of this, Tagawagi's first wife had left him. Then the second and the third. Each time that Tagawagi married, he would manage to control his urge to count the spoonfuls for a week or two. Then he'd lose control and sing out the spoonful count. That does it, the wife would say. You did it. Goodbye. And the wife would go leaving Tagawagi alone. The villagers made up a song about him. He's counting the spoonfuls, no count. Can't keep a wife, accounting the spoonfuls, no count. Hungry for life. There was no telling how many wives Tawagi was driven out with the stubborn habit. The villagers said, more than you could shake a stick at. As much as Tawagi liked to count, he was too ashamed to keep count of his past wives. He had so many, and now he hadn't any. He crouched in his hut by the burned burned pot of food he'd fix, rocking on his heels. He'd moan and lament for all to hear, but there was no wife there. Ay, 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 he cried. Here I am. What? Me, one, all alone in this hut. Eh, eh. Don't I too need a wife?
Doagi mumbled and muttered and talked crazy talk to to the cooking pot, but talk didn't change the pot into a wife. Then he recalled the proverb, proverb, the journey is on the road. It doesn't rest in the mouth. Tawagi stood up and counted his steps. One, two, three, four. That brought him to the door of his hut. Then five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That got him across the compound. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen steps sped him on his way. Fifteen, sixteen, seventeen took him along the path that led to the village beyond. Tagawai walked along along kicking the spear grass as he went. A hornbill alighted in a tree branch overhead and sang, Chillin, 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 chillin. Tagwagi listened and counted the calls to feel the thrill of it all the more deeply. Ah, there was a good round count to the song. He was sure now that he would find a wife. And he did, even though it meant traveling further than he'd ever traveled before. Today's a happy day, he said. I found a wife. Chillin, 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 echoed the hornbill. Tawagi couldn't wait to bring his wife to his compound. He took her hand. Let's go, he said. Shouldn't we wait till morning? We might lose the way after dark. Oh, no, said Tawagi. I know the way, and and later the moon will help us. Besides, it is said, even in the dark, the hand that holds food does not lose its way to the mouth. Tawagi set out with his wife, and he had no trouble finding the way home by moonlight. Now he was a happy man. Every morning on his way to work in the fields, he made up a number song. Take two out of ten, split twelve for the four, add thirty-threes to nine-nineties, times six, then half the score. The villagers heard him singing as he passed. They knew that although Tugwagi counted all the time. He sang his number songs only when he was very happy. He had a wife. She was a good cook and he ate well. They noticed a slight skip in his step as he kept time to the number tune. When Tawagi returned home from work in the fields, he watched his wife pound, winnow, and wash the corn. He counted the number of times she repeated this until the corn flour was fine enough for the evening meal of two. And when his wife poured the mia sauce over the tool, he sang the words, a pleasant place, for two who eat two, chillin, chillin, sang the hornbill. As his wife dished the two into the calabashes, Tagawai asked, What is the number for today? What number foolishness is this you're asking about? Uh, 
uh, Twagilaf. You won't catch me counting the spoonfuls. I've learned well that whoever mounts the horse of had had I but known suffers trouble. Twaggy's wife spooned on, but it was a close call. After that, he stepped outside whenever food was being dished out. He'd count trees, he'd count stones, he'd count butterflies, and cries of the hornbill. Chillin' chillin'. And when he came in, he wasn't tempted to count at all. Not one spoonful. Two weeks passed, then three. One night, Tuagi circled the hut. He felt hungrier than ever, and he counted faster than ever, too. He counted himself out and was ready to enter too soon. The hornbill al alighted on the ground nearby and cried in warning, Woo, 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 Tuagi said, woo, woo, no, no, sing, chillin, chillin. But the hornbill sang, woo, woo. Again, he didn't heed the warning and rushed into the hut. His wife had just begun to dish out the tool. Tuagi squatted down beside her. Once, one a spoonful, two a spoonful, three a spoonful, four, he began. His wife was annoyed. She drew in her breath and sucked her teeth. Troops, Tuagi didn't notice a thing. Five, six, seven, eight, add a spoonful more. Troops, troops, troops to his wife. But even her troops, her trooping didn't get through to him. He couldn't stop counting. Nine spoonfuls, ten spoonfuls, will not come again spoonfuls, and neither will I, cried his wife. She clunked him on the head with the spoon and left. The clunk brought Tuagi back to his senses, but it was too late. His counting spoonfuls had driven out his wife again. Uh, this time I have fallen into the cooking pot, he said. Woo, 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 echoed the hornbill. The next day, Tuagi walked around the village, hoping to hear news that might lead him to his new wife. And he made the rounds, so did the song. He's counting the spoonfuls, no count. Can't keep a wife, accounting the spoonfuls, no count, hungry for life. Twoggy was left with the days to count as they passed. His cooking didn't improve, and sometimes he burned the two, two or three nights in a row. Counting the spoonfuls hardly made up for that. One day the hornbill sang again, chillin' chillin'. It was the day that Twoggy heard about the woman who was the fairest in her town. He set off at once to her home to seek her in marriage. I have heard of you, she said. Oh, said Twoggy. He knew what she must have heard. Then you won't be my wife. Chillin', chillin', sang the hornbill. Well, she said, I'm not refusing you. You will then, he cried. Oh, the world's once again a happy place. Now listen, Twoggy, so you won't have to mount the horse or had I but known. If I marry you, there is one thing that will cause us to separate. Uh, er, what? Um, er, uh, that you're only failing 
is counting spoonfuls, she said. Count sheep, count corn, count corn calories, count what you will. But in good health or ill, don't count spoonfuls. Well, Satwagi, if that's all there is to it, I promise I won't do it again. Since you say that it is what you do not like, I'll see to it that I stay out of the cooking pot with you. Very well, she said. So they were married, and Tuagi brought his new wife to live in his compound. The months passed. Every day, Tuagi went to work in his fields and sang his curious number songs. When he returned home, the hornbill sang in a tree outside the hut. Chillin' chillin', chillin' chillin'. The villagers no longer teased Tuagi with, with their counting the spoonfuls no-count song. It seemed that at last he was well married. During those months, Tuagi did as before. He counted outdoors until the meals were spooned onto the calabash. He kept to the proverb, When the eyes does not see, the heart does not grieve. One day, as Hornbill sang Chillin' Chillin', Tuagi hit on a new idea, a way to control his stubborn habit. He counted silently outdoors. After weeks of practice, he became so good at it that he no longer moved his lips. True, he did bat his eyelids and tap with his, a big toe for each count, but that was hardly noticeable. But he could sit indoors while his wife served the meals. His silent counting, the spoonful system worked. Chillin' chillin', sang the hornbill. Tuagi's wife was so pleased that he'd given up that stone stubborn habit that she'd spooned in extra spoonfuls for him. One evening, Tuagi sat on the edge of the bed, counting spoonfuls silently as his wife spooned out the tool. He batted his eyelids and tapped his toe too. One, two, in you go. Three, four, and many more. Five, six, delicious. Seven, eight. Just then a neighbor called from the entrance to the compound. Hey, Tugwagi! Nine, answered Twagi. His wife paid no attention. She didn't even say choops. She just went on spooning out the two. Twagi talked with the caller but he never took his eyes off the pot. The hornbill flew down to the ground and warned, woo-woo-woo, but Tuagi didn't hear. His wife had reached 11 spoonfuls and was about to dish out the 12th when Tuagi came back in. If I hadn't told you that I had given up counting the spoonfuls, he said, I should say that you have just put the 12th spoonful into the calabash. You did it just now, she cried. When you said nine, I pretended not to hear, for I thought you had just forgotten. But no, you are back to your old rotten tricks. Old rotten tricks, said Twoggy. Did you hear me count to twelve? Uh, it was twelve spoonfuls you dished out through, though, wasn't it? Dished out, fished out, cried his wife. 
Now who's counting the spoonfuls? She dropped the spoon on Tuagi's big toe. I'm not living with a husband who counts spoonfuls. The next morning, his wife left. Count the grass, she cried as she went, and she never returned to his compound. Woo-woo, mourned the hornbill. That was the last of the many wives that Tuagi had. After that, he never got another wife. He sat where his last wife left him and counted. And since it is the grass he counts, Tuagi is counting still. Now, wasn't that a funny story? Counting spoonfuls. Have you ever done something that annoys somebody so much that they didn't want to speak to you? I felt sorry for poor Tuagi. Hopefully, you know, he's still not counting grass or he's he's counting something else or he's trying to break his bad habit, you know. But yes, if it is insultive, you got to try and stop doing it so it doesn't insult other people, right? Well, anyways, that is it for me today. I will see you Monday on Instagram Live and again on a Saturday. But don't forget, check out the Instagram and Facebook and see all the things I will show you for Black History Month. So for now, that's it for me. I am proud to be Black because Black looks good on me and it looks good on you guys too. Take care. Bye for now. (music) 